Hello, my name is Rebecca. And I'm Steve. And this is House Civis Broadcasting Out of Character. So, uh, full disclosure, this is the second one of these that we've done. We did one yesterday and knocked a whole bunch out from it, but the problem was that it just didn't come through as good as I thought it could have. It was a, it was a chaotic mess. I was really, really hyper and anxious and all that, so I was just, ah, and you know how it is. Uh, so uh, we may put that up on our Patreon for our Patreon. Uh, I'm sorry, all of you. Uh, you but... said that backwards. <laughs> oh, no, this is going to have to go there, too. <laughs> uh, no, we, we may put that up on Patreon for our patrons. Uh, but I think that overall, uh, we, we've had a lot of fun recording these. It, it worked out really well yesterday. There were just, like I said, a few minor issues. So let's talk about why we're doing an out-of-character episode. Oh, that's a fantastic place to start. Uh, so uh, as, <laughs> as with... Um, in our show, we are moving studios. Um, we, this is uh, our new studio. Don't know if it sounds any different uh, from your end, but... It does uh, not for us. It, it, <laughs> it is a bigger space, and we have put in some soundproof paneling, but not enough. Yeah, we still have blankets We're on the walls. <laughs> and we have that lovely pink blanket from the last studio, uh, and that is being used as a carpet uh, to help cut down on the, the wooden floor. <laughs> but uh, we moved uh, homes. We moved literally next door, which is really funny and fun and horrifying at the same time. Um, but with with all of that comes financial struggle. Um, I'm working. I, I work small retail. And I'm one of three key holders, which means that whenever anybody wants to take any time off, I am at work and I'm doing open to closes, which is nine-hour shifts, opening the store, then closing the store. And it can be a little tiresome coming home, moving a bunch of like stuff, and then uh, going, oh, heck, we have to record a bit. <laughs> we have to record uh, an episode for the podcast. There have been so many uh, late night Wednesday and late night Thursday recordings. And uh, you know what? Uh, let, let's touch on that briefly, if that's all right. Yeah. So we started this uh, with the intention of having 10 episodes recorded and then going through and releasing them one at a time. And we were going to do it every two weeks. That's why we are randomly in the middle of winter right now in the podcast because we, we hadn't intended to do that. But we recorded the first one and there was a lot of nervousness and anxiety and we just wanted to see how it went. And all of you have enjoyed it, which is crazy, surprising, insane. Unless you haven't enjoyed it, in which case... Um Nobody has spoken up. I was going to say. Yeah, no, nobody nobody say, that has if, disliked it has said, I don't like this. If, if you are not liking it, please be a little more vocal because uh, honestly, I'm getting a bit of an ego here. So please, <laughs> please be terrible to us. Bring me back down. Give me a punch where, in the gut. Where are my horrible YouTube comments? Come on. Yeah, I was promised. Like, don't look at the comments. And I've been checking every day. <laughs> Don't look at the comments because there aren't any. I really, oh, well, that's out. That hurts even more. <laughs> uh, I, I expected like a lot of negative comments after the Alex Jones knockoff. Yes, I, like the Z Xander, Xander Jones. Jones. I expected people to be like, he's a terrible racist and we're going to have to deal with him. A lot uh, of people were like, man, this guy's really racist. But 
Good. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> they see him as racist, but they see him as an accurate representation of some people in Corvair. And I think mm-hmm. that is... That, that's what I was going for. I wasn't trying now, to portray him for shock value. I just needed... For some people who don't know who Alex Jones is... Don't. Don't. Um, <laughs> uh, he is a uh, radio... Is it radio? Is it a podcast? Uh, he radio? is from Infowars.com, or was, or is. I don't know anymore. I'm not sure where they have him he's anymore. The, they're turning somewhere. He, he's the... They're turning the frogs gay guy. Oh, yes. The, the yes. quality... Um, you know, that, that <laughs> delicious internet meme. Um, he, he is not a very good person. And that's why we, we, we thought that that was a good character, a fun character to bring into the podcast. Um, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I, I think there. that, well, no, I think that you're right, that it was a good character yeah. of that and was a more comfortable way to portray that than, mm-hmm. than like, just to having someone on who was just mean. Because having that, that voice makes you not take it as serious. And I think that's... Yes. Yeah, that's what we were going for. Yeah. Uh, uh, what were you I want, I want to address that, I mean, briefly off topic. Because this... It's going to be a ramble hey guys, fest, this guys. this is going to be a ramble fest. I promise. Um, this is how our conversations go. It's great because none of this is in the other episode because we didn't write anything down or plan anything. So it's just, <laughs> it is diarrhea of the brain. Um, But something that I think is really good with Xander Johns and the Alex Jones character is addressing racism in Corvair. Now, we, we all know that a bunch of people in... in Eberron as a campaign setting are not like yeah everybody's welcome it's fine everybody's racist against Syrians or warforged or warforged oh, and sometimes goblins and there's a lot of any anyone from yeah, Drome the, the, yeah the, the, uh, uh, Droam uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that and we wanted to portray that in a way that I think was more palatable than because with everything going on it was. When, like, when we did that episode was the height of, like, um, they were marching on D.C., like, that night, and it, all it of was, the, the riots were really happening. It was a really weird time to, like, we put that in the can, and then we're like, oh, God, everything in the world is on fire. Everyone's going to hate us tomorrow. We genuinely considered not doing that episode at all, recording something different, saving that for an entirely different time. Um, because we were like, this is too racy. He says some things, like, especially in the original script, because um, for Xander Johns, we did script a bunch out. And we we're, we'll, we'll go over our, our, our scripting. scripting process. We've yeah. got a handful of questions from our Patreon, from uh, YouTube comments, stuff like that. Um, but his original script was so just, like, charged. It, it was a little angry. more vitriolic, yeah. Yes. And I remember being in the booth with you, and you did a couple of those takes, and I was like, hey, Steve, can you just roll it back a little bit? Yeah, because uh, because I think that is a great way to portray that. Uh, now, we, we want to be clear 100% that racism is abhorrent and has no place in the actual world. It, it does not. No. Uh, we, we think that in the realm of fantasy that it can be used fantastically for different aspects of storytelling i think but racism and getting over that beating those stereotypes make for good storytelling 
having that uh, BBEG, uh, big bad evil guy, um, who is racist and that's their motive, is that they want to rid the world of, you know, the disgusting shifters. Or, the, you know, the Fire Nation wants to take down everyone that isn't a Fire Nation citizen. Exactly. There's... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a good storytelling aspect. It's a good way to to tell a story. But let's be honest, the character development that we are going to do uh, as, you know, great players is we're going to get over the racism that our characters have. Um, the biases. The it, biases. It, I think we're the, going to be killing, we're going to be destroying the BBEG who wants to rid the world of all Warforged or all flesh bags or all whatever. Um, because I think as good players, we know that racism doesn't have a place in civilized world. I, I agree with that. And that is something that when we do our campaigns with mm-hmm. walls, curtains, and veils, and if you're not using walls, curtains, and veils, Please let us know. We'll explain it. Uh, There's a bunch of resources out there. Honest to goodness. I've explained it a handful of times on the uh, Eberron Discord. Um, I'm Rugaboo. I'm the Windu. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's uh, something we always have on our walls. Absolutely. Real world racism. Real world racist slurs. Because it's completely intolerable. And this is coming from two extremely white people. <laughs> I, I am indeed one of uh, one of the whitest. Uh, but no, I, I don't think that that has a place. And I think that we, when you are in a game, it is very difficult to toe that line. Like, especially with goblins. I think that that was why we did them because there's a lot of negative bias towards goblins, especially in Pathfinder and the original D&D Forgotten Realms or uh Greyhawk or With our our Ondarian um artist, we also had that um goblin racism, but it appeared very differently than it did with Xander Johns, which I think is also really important that you can we sh- you can show that people are racist without being violent. Yeah, that, like that—that that is true as well. Um, but the reason that we did it specifically with it is because goblins are—they created everything. They deserve a whole lot more credit than they get. Mm-hmm. And so to have someone like Xander Johns trying to call out goblins as bad, which does not make any sense at all in the setting. Yes, there are problematic issues from other nations, but that's just. Yeah, the, the, yeah, we wanted to highlight all of that. They don't follow the code of Galifar, and because of that, they're bad. Yeah, and that's that's not <laughs> quite how any of that works. That is. Um, uh. <laughs> so let's. Uh, I I want to say circle back to our original topic. Oh my god, that we was. are so far in the weeds at this moment. What in time. is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh hi, we're here again. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Take five. <laughs> um, do you want to do some questions? So uh, let's talk about us a little bit. Yeah, I think really that that's quick. the best place. So let's let's do a quick rundown of us and some things there. We'll go into some questions. Uh, we did mention that we mentioned so much in the opening here that it's like, oh, I got to get it all. Um, we mentioned. Look, hang on, hang on. We mentioned okay. the Discord. Let's do a quick shout out to the Discord. So that way, anyone we did mention that we are Rugga and the Windu on the Discord. If you are not a part of the Eberron Discord, join it. 
Uh, if you are a fan of Eberron, there is no reason not to be on that Discord. Yeah, it's literally in the description. I'm pretty sure. No, it's in the welcome post on r slash Eberron. Yes, they are. They are so fantastic, and they have helped us with a lot of questions they that we had. So nice. Occasionally, Keith will appear in there, and uh, Christian, and Imogen, and. You can tell when this is recorded because he came in today and he was talking about, um, like, Magical Girl anime. He's like, I fully support this. And I'm just like, oh, I started that topic. <laughs> yeah, and no, then oh, it's whenever always nice. Keith comes in, both both Steve and I will just, like, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the middle of conversation. And, and, and if he comes in, we're just like the, the, the uh, Simpsons. The, the Simpsons sink into the bushes. Sink exactly. into the bushes. And we just watch <laughs> from the other side. I wait for him to come back out. <laughs> and then... Uh, like, he'll be there and he'll talk about stuff. And I'm like, I have nothing to add here, but I want to be like, hi, Keith. <laughs> but you don't want to bother him because he's like... No, you don't want to bother Keith. He, like, he's got a lot to do and he's popping in to the Discord to tell you things about his world and then, you know, is running off to do fun things again. And you're like, all right. I, okay. Yeah. Thanks. I just want to say that you're nice. <laughs> Thank you for writing this wonderful stuff. Goodbye. Yeah, no, <laughs> immediately socially awkward. And it's weird because I've met him in person several times. And every time I've met him in person, it's been a fantastic conversation. He's really nice. I'm sure he does not remember me. Uh, Keith, I'm the weird guy who made you sign a book for his birthday at PAX last year. He's not going to remember that. Uh, he's going to remember Steve. The bear, bear. of yeah, course. Bear. Uh, our, our teddy bear who has pictures with Keith. Um, so let's talk about us. Um, you and me. Oh, wait, me hang on, hang on. Uh, the Discord. Uh, yes, join Discord. Join, join the Discord. Discord. Join yeah, Discord. Discord. Again. Join the Discord. All right, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Ladies first. Uh, so Rebecca, small retail, uh, West Coast for life. Um... I do <laughs> I do the voice of a Luffy. I'm a Luffy Haskell de Civis. And I also do the editing uh, for most of the episodes, some of the writing. Um, I wrote the Thrain episode almost entirely myself. Um, and I'm the one that's most active on the Discord and in some but not most social media. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the Twitter boy. Uh, I, <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve. Uh, I'm from Jersey. I absolutely love uh, the East Coast. It's fantastic. West Coast is garbage. They don't even have beaches. Uh, and I am the voice of Silas DeCivis. I am the voice of Xander Johns. I'm the voice of Kevin Capona. And we have more characters coming up, I believe, for the... More holds episode. I'm probably gonna end up doing a dwarf accent. Yeah. Oh, I also did Bishop Sarhane. Oh, Bishop uh, Sarhane. From the Thrain episode. Yeah. No, dude, give us a little bit of that Bishop Sarhane. Oh my gosh. So I guess I'll just do something. Perfect. It's just kind of like Thrain's not a bad place, and I will fight whoever says that it is. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I do a little bit of the writing. I did a lot of the writing initially for the earlier episodes, and we've moved away from that style of writing. Uh, we are now doing more of a bullet point. Initially, for the earlier episodes, we wrote it out, like, over line and over, line. uh, depending on who we had in. The Sire episode, everything in that was written. The Brayland episode, bit here and there uh the initial opening as well as a lot of the xander john stuff was written out just that way i had it as a point of reference the throne hold episode we wrote that out 
but then we've moved to bullet points. Uh, so we do a lot of improv in the booth if it's just her, Rebecca and I. Uh, I Which think. was one of the questions we had oh, yeah, uh, from our Patreon is uh, how much writing do we do? Um, how much improv do we do? How much time does it take to do all of that? Mm-hmm. And then how much time does it take to edit and record? I think was yeah. the answer to that question. Um, but we, I mean, we can solidly do a lot of improv back and forth. We hit lines over and over again. Uh, we were just working on the Carnath episode, uh, which actually is recorded and we're, we're getting there. For the, we've got we've gotten the the deep dive with our guest recorded next we just have to do all of the opening segment news aloofies advice corner stuff like that and during that uh, our guest was uh, because i wrote that one forever ago uh, our guest was a lot of written stuff but aloofie and i were just back and forth quick one-liners at each other uh shots fired all the way through yeah yeah <laughs> because uh I think that's just how Rebecca and I work. I think we solidly work well just at antagonizing each other. So really quickly, I want everybody right now to in in the comments or like message us on Discord or wherever, email us. All six of you that have made it this far. <laughs> um, do you guys ship Silas and Aloofy? Like this is a question I've had. Really? Yes. No, not at all. Ugh. See, I don't, but I kind of do, you know? No, not at all. No. Because, like, Silas, Silas is an uh, You know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm allowed to say this now. Silas is an asshole. Beep. No, we're going to beep it up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he is, uh, he is kind of a likable character, and I think there's a lot more depth to him than uh, anyone gives him credit. I can't imagine... Him and Aloofy. Aloofy's just a light. Uh, I can't see Aloofy and Kevin either, though. because she's young. Yeah, that's... that. There's, oh, my God. Yeah, he's just the a bitter, guy. angry old man. Um, yeah. So, I'd say what... Uh, jumping back to the question that was actually asked. Uh, what are we, like, 50%? I'd say it's a solid 50-50. We try and uh, script whenever we have a guest in... For the Menagerie of Monsters and the art episodes, um, I mean, the two people we had in, the uh, um, Monte Cook Darwin um, is literally our roommate. I occasionally refer to him as Meeps. Um, he is not the voice actor of Meeps. Uh, we don't have a Meeps voice actor yet. We want to get one. Um... And then the artist who came on, I can't remember the name of the artist, Flor, Florencia. Florencia Martel. 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 Um, that, that's our other roommate. Uh, was our, yeah, our she, other, she moved yeah, out a while ago. But um, both of them are wonderful at, at improv. And essentially, we copy and pasted all of the, the, the stat blocks and information for the animals um, for the Menagerie episode, and I'd done a bunch of research for the art episode. I literally went through all of the 3.5 fourth edition and, um... Fifth edition. Fifth edition books that I could find. I didn't go onto Keith's website. I should have, but I didn't. Um, I also took a screen cap. Uh, <laughs> like, I found a screen cap from Exploring Eberron before it came out uh, of the the Heirs of Dakani oh, okay. um, page with, like, the cool-looking goblin on it. And, like, that's got the... Anyway. Um, and I literally found the PDFs and I... <laughs> Control-F 
art. And I went through all of the documents <laughs> just looking at wherever it said art. And then I was like, all right, yeah, I can use this. And I pulled it over and she just read all of it. And she was really good with with uh, riffing off of each and every one of those. Yeah, that, I think that, that like uh, for the Brayland episode, I did a lot of Xander John stuff for myself. But the gentleman who came in to do the Hobgoblin, whose name escapes me. I don't remember our uh, our hobgoblin's name. Uh, Wudaraj. 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 There Wudaraj we go. It the took Blacksmith. me a minute. Uh, that, that's that's my friend Ben. Hi Ben. I know you're not listening, but I'm gonna pretend anyway. <laughs> he came in and he did a really good job. We wanted initially to have the hobgoblin go a different direction, but based on the interactions in the booth, it was just fun and funny, and I felt like it was a nice counterbalance to Xander John's because. Initially, we were going to have, you know, an articulate and intelligent hobgoblin on to talk about all of that. And it, he would have gotten kind of lost alongside Xander John. I think having, because Ben Ben did such a good job I on agree. that. Now, we were talking uh, yesterday about um, dear, dear Monte Cook Darwin, uh, whose name is brilliant. It's a horrible Reese Darby. Not, no. um, he's a Steve Irwin Darwin. So funny. Monte Cook wrote the Monsters Manuals for 3.5. It's There's so many layers to this character. But we were discussing yesterday that I think we're going, because we never said what race he is. Uh, I think I'm, I'm going to make it canon right now. He's he's a goblinoid. I don't a know goblinoid? which Okay, because we had discussed a lot of them. Like, we have things like the Florenza Martel is a changeling. It didn't come up in the interview because it wouldn't come up in the interview. There's no way that would come up. But we, we had these character aspects brought up in different places. And I think that it's just never going to get brought yeah, up. But we'd weird. like to, I think if we had art, honestly, yes. we were talking about that earlier today, art for the characters would, yeah. would go a I long I think if way. we get enough patrons, I'd, I'd 10 out of 10 be willing to commission an artist every week. That would be nice uh, to just so that way there's a point of reference for that. Because I think that we, we, we did with Wudaraj, we did call him out for being a... Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. It was yes. mentioned just so that way we could have that point of reference. But yeah, yeah it's it's really hard to work that in organically without yeah. it seeming like it's like it's like oh, so I noticed you're Asian. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. It's, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but it feels cringy, uh, yeah. and you wouldn't do that in actual a, conversation. Actual conversation. You know, unless you are extremely racist. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we had Xander Johns mentioned. Well, that's it. why we had Xander Johns. Um, where are we in this conversation? I, I don't know. It's... <laughs> oh, let's talk about how long it takes to do the episodes. Oh, there we go. That's So we do approximately an hour and 45 minutes worth of recording. And I sit at, a, at my computer. H- hang on, hang on. Here's what Rebecca gets to hear the whole time. Is everyone ready? I'm going to do both of them right now. Silas DeCivis. Silas DeCivis. No, hang on. I can't get that right. I'm Casey Kasem. All right, there we are. Silas DeCivis. That's 90% of me trying to remember, and then the other half is me doing this. I don't know if you can hear it. That's yeah. me touching the microphone because I can't help myself but touch the microphone and the desk every chance I get. A lot of the things that I cut out are also, um, it, it, you can tell in the places where I I haven't uh, edited too much. My name's Silas DeCivis. 
And this is what we're talking about today. Oh, okay, 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 okay. What we're talking about today is... So, so what Rebecca is saying <laughs> is that I have a tendency, when I'm Silas, to talk unbearably slow. <laughs> like like William Shatner, it feels like. Like that awkward pausing and freezing. It's to give you enough time to edit through and not have to worry about that. Because, <laughs> no, sounds... because we had so many times in that first couple where we were just... And so... Uh, it, it, oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. You guys are still listening to us. God, why? It's yeah, 25 minutes in. Go go home. Do something else. <laughs> um, so uh, I have to take about an hour and 45 minutes, condense it down into 30. Sometimes that means that we cut a lot of blooper material. Sometimes I forget to uh, stop the recording. Um, <laughs> I, I forget to stop the recording. And so you just get a lot of... Hey, what was that one district in Sharn called? Uh, you know the red light district. Um, hey, I'm a. Why, why isn't why isn't this information on the wiki? Now I have to find it over here and <laughs> flipping through the pages of the book. Like, come on here, it's it's here somewhere. Uh, we usually keep Dragon marked right handy because every time I'm a hundred percent sure that I know the name of one of the houses, I immediately go, but. But is, is that the one? I don't know. He, in, in one of yeah, the no, first... I'm 100 percent it's House Madani. Is it House Madani? House Medallion? House Oh no, I don't know. In one of the first <laughs> episodes, um, I name drop House Vidalis in one of the it's the, the 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 bear jumps on the train. The bear jumps on the train. Bear jumps on the train and uh, <laughs> Steve goes and we do have a contact with House Vidalis. Vidalis, is that it? Is it Vidalis? Did I say the right one? <laughs> Mind you, he has known about and been studying Eberron longer than I have. <laughs> yeah, because it, as soon as I'm 100% sure of something, as soon as I know for a fact what I'm talking about, I don't. I'm wrong 100% <laughs> of the time. Um, but it takes me, so about an hour's worth of work goes into 10 minutes of uh, what you guys hear. Um, depending on if you know, sometimes Stephen will say something and then he'll re-say it but start at a weird part in the sentence. And so the sentence structure sounds off. Or I'll do it or a guest will do it. And we have to, like, I have to, like, cobble piece sentences together to there make sense. There were several of those in the Wild Night episode that just, just did not. Couldn't, rough. couldn't happen. I, I have done a little bit of editing myself. Uh, our roommate is actually going to hopefully start doing that for us at some point in time uh, if he decides to. Yeah. He, he wanted to dabble in it, so we're hoping. Uh, but I, I ended up <laughs> removing every breath. <laughs> so it sounded like a nightmare. <laughs> so uh, I have a way in, in my editing software to make it so that you guys can't hear us breathing nearly as hard. Because normally when Steven does Silas, he'll, he'll, he'll come up real close to the mic while he's talking. And you can really hear him take his breaths like that. And it's just like, <gasps> and that's fine. It's all right. Uh, but he literally went through and cut out every <laughs> single breath. I didn't minimize them. I cut them. So it became just a lot of rapid speaking. Just bah, 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 And it was awful. It was so it was such an awful time. 
Uh, <laughs> with that, why don't we go to another question and avoid this awkward, awkward stuff here. Uh, we had we have questions on YouTube, and then we have questions from our patrons. Uh, by the way, uh, hi to our four patrons. We love all of you so, so much. We actually had three yesterday, and we have four today, so it's a really yeah. weird world. Don't do this to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll name drop you guys in a second. Absolutely. Um, we, we actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease a little thing here. Uh, I'm going to say the F word at some point in time during this because one of our patrons picked who would say our first F word. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited at how you're going to make this work. Oh, no, I'm just going to just, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to just say it. Um, uh, so a question that we got um, regarding our verbiage um, on a lot of our stuff, on, on YouTube specifically, um, why do we say on air instead of on echo? Uh, I think, ooh, that's, uh, okay, so with why we say on air is based on the initial things that we did because it's not traveling on echoes. It is following the air pathways from the air elemental that is bound into the different echo itself. Originally, the the idea was that the... Um, Because we were working a lot with the 3.5 mechanics, um, 3.5, I want to say laws of physics, spells, et cetera. Magical law. Um, The spell that that was broadcasted was Whispering Wind um, that would carry our voices from the singer device to the echoers. And so our voices would literally be on air. And then we worked on binding the uh, lesser air elementals to all of the actual echo or devices inside the, you know, casings. And it created air paths from one to another. So that's why we would say air paths or air pathways when we were initially doing this. It just was airwaves would have been what it was. or So we decided to go like that, but different. Yeah. Um, we, we tried to go with kind of real world terminology so like broadcasting so you think it's one word broadcasting because it's a broadcasting network but we are literally broadly casting spells in order to deliver our voices to you yeah um there was i think a bunch of other stuff that we worked on originally uh i was going to <laughs> have the ability to mention the word podcasting because it was going to be uh, point of dragon shard casting. So it would have been POD podcast. Uh, My favorite we is we worked on a ton. <laughs> no mail. Gmail. No, no mail. Gmail. Yep. Um, it's, I love that. It's fun trying to shoehorn in real world things that you can mention into the the uh, fantasy world, just so that way you can get through there. Yeah. Comment pads, because I was like, uh, how are we going to have people... The, the subscribe. The subscribe. Um, now that you've gotten 30-ish minutes into this, into this, remember, like, subscribe, comment, all of that kind of stuff. It's Reg. That's the only person listening this far. <laughs> yeah, only one. <laughs> <laughs> one listener. Reg, so Reg, we discussed Reg. this yesterday, and we did not ask. I should have asked him. I should have sent him a message. <laughs> uh... I think, yeah, a lot of the terminology uh, terminology that we have that seems off is just because of that. It, it's something that we decided and then committed to in order to make things consistent. The broadcasting instead of, you know, episode, 
I, I screw that up constantly where I want to say this episode. On this episode, and it's not episode. On this broadcast, broadcasting. Yeah. On this broadcasting. You kind of do it three or four times every time. And I think that, yeah, it's just, it's it's the little things like that that make, it just little annoying touches. Another question we got from YouTube was uh, specifically about Silas. Oh, um, this I'm was... acting surprised, but I already know the question because yeah, of yesterday. Yeah. Uh... That's <laughs> acting, everyone. <laughs> uh, so it's the, out with the old, um, <laughs> our, our last episode about uh, House Civis specifically. Uh, for one who wants to break away from House traditions, why hasn't Silas changed his name? So uh, I thought about this yesterday and I answered right off the cuff. And I've given it a little more thought, but it's pretty much the same answer. Uh, Silas... So, for those who have listened, uh, Silas developed his mark instantaneously. He did not have a least lesser greater than Sybaris. He just had the Sybaris. He was no one in the house and then became someone in the house. If you pay attention to some of the little threads that we've put in there... like In, in Silas's canon, he was literally someone who didn't develop his mark during his test of Sybaris... And the house was like, you're not one of the main families. You're, you don't actually matter to us. You're just some weird kid obsessed with lightning rails. So. Uh, well, his, his grandfather was an important member of the house. But his grandfather, uh, you know, took him under his wing and they had that nice connection. But his grandfather passed without Silas getting any bump from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they thought they had more time together and things would have been different. Uh, Silas didn't get to race his station the way that other people do. And so he pretty much remained stagnant. And then because he got the mark, now he's important to the house and the house is willing to let him do some things. But it's not like he really has a choice in the matter. He, he The house matters to him because it's his family, it's his name, it's who he was as a child and he wants all of those fond memories but they didn't care about him until very recently i think this was discussed on the discord a while ago i think i mentioned uh sybaris marks or somebody did um where there's only maybe two maybe three people per house that have Sybaris marks and the houses are going to do whatever they can to keep you in the house, working for the house because, you know, you are literally a sign of, of their power of Mm. their, of their, you know, you, you, you have the most powerful touch from from the draconic prophecy they're going to keep you as close to their chest as possible so uh silas is obsessed with lightning rails let's say he decided to go house orion let's say he decided to pull back with his mark and go and work for house orion house civis is not going to take that quietly that that's not something they're going to just let go by no if he wants to try and figure out how to send messages through the lightning rail or put the echoers on the lightning rail itself mm-hmm. th- th- there's he, he has a target on him immediately at that moment in time. And I don't think that that's something that he wants. He, he, he wants the house of his grandfather. He wants those positive memories. But he doesn't want all the pomp and circumstance and the ridiculous nonsense that goes with it. Because 
it, it's I, I think it's a generational thing at that point in time is it, you know a, a lot of the families that have been in th- like the head of House Sybaris, the doyen, has been there. Or not House Sybaris, oh my goodness. House Sybaris. House Sybaris, the doyen, has been there for a very long time. 90 years. She was there from almost the beginning of the last one. And so it's that same strict rigidity over and over and over. And he thought that things would change, but it's not. And I think that he has a lot of, a, a lot to work through uh, from going from no one to someone that quickly. Um, let's hit on some Patreon questions. Um, so this is a question we got from a few different people. Um, first off, uh, shout out to our patrons, Logan, Troy. It's Logan, Troy. Uh, Logan, Troy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's Logan, Steve, Sun, Sun, Sun Shadow. Sun Shadow, because we discussed that yesterday. And today, it's Cody. I'm I'm so excited, all four of them. Thank you so much. Uh, Cody Cooper pledged at our highest level, $20, for some godforsaken reason. Well, he gets to choose the first characters to say the F word on the Echoers. I honestly think that's worth 20 bucks. No, technically, Silas has said the first F word. Really? Yeah, in the Wild Night episode, he says the F word. Did he? Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's it's in... it's in the bit where uh, you keep messing up, and I forgot oh, to cut out the Oh, my goodness. Oh, ooh, yeah. of course. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's it's the part where... So it's not Silas saying it. It's me saying it. But you did it in Silas's voice. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Well, sorry, Cody. <laughs> You're paying for the second one, then. <laughs> um, so let's do this question. Um... So this is one that Logan and Steve both asked um, in kind of some vein. Steve, Um, our very first patron. Logan, our second patron. I love them both. (laughs) Uh, Did Silas and Luffy originate from a game, uh, or have they appeared in any of our games? Uh, Steve asked if, let me pull his questions up. Um, he, he asked about if it's based on a game that we've run. If and if the we use the echoers NPCs, in, in our in our in our games as well. Yeah. Um. Uh. S- since you have uh, you know, a, l- a little less here, would you like to go first, or would you want me to go first? My answer is no. <laughs> I have never run an Eberron game, and the three Eberron games that I've been in. Steven has done all of the DMing, and they have all fallen apart because... Because, because I'm cursed. Because I am <laughs> cursed in Eberron. I cannot stress that enough. I, I have tried so many times, guys. If anyone knows how the... <laughs> the, the, the was the, the Forgotten Forge? If you, you know how the Forgotten Forge st- story ends in 3.5, I don't. I haven't made it that far yet. <laughs> I've been trying since 2006. The- Please... The farthest you've gotten is the ziggurat. Uh, no, well, no, the, the the ziggurat. I'm sorry, we got to the ziggurat in uh, the Whispers of the Vampire Blade. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, sorry, I have sorry. not been I'm in the on, third like, book because when I played it, when it first came out, I was a character, and we did not make it very far. Uh, and and then again, yeah, no, it just falls apart. I've run it so many times. I've tried, Keith. I really tried. It's not you, it's me. I'm terrible. Uh, but I made a Luffy specifically for the Echoers. I thought about using a character that I had made previously, um, but I felt like the Echoers needed a specific voice. 
um, a specific feel, a specific character for me to play. And so I built a Luffy, this, this very charismatic bookworm who's very lonely despite having people who like her. She's not very sure of herself, um, which is something that I resonate with. And she's very just like, she, she wants she wants to be surrounded by people, but she's terrified of being surrounded by people. <laughs> uh, originally, you were going to do uh, Leela. Leela, yes. Uh, some people might, I mean, no, no one knows. <laughs> no, no one knows who Leela is. Leela was my character from Curse of Strahd. She's a gnome bright bubbly just wants the world to be a beautiful happy place and if anybody's played through curse of strahd that is not the campaign for a character like that <laughs> like uh she gets scared half to death her hair goes white um she gets like so many horrible things happen to her and uh the campaign unfortunately didn't finish uh, so she's just stuck in Ravenloft for the rest of her days. Uh, when I ran Curse of Strahd, I used her as an NPC in uh, Blinsky's um, uh, toy shop. She was like a- an adventurer that had tried to stop Strahd before. And now she's selling music boxes to try and make people's lives better. But every time she makes a uh, a new music box, it breaks or shatters or doesn't work. Uh, simply because no one can be happy in Ravenloft. No. no no one can be happy in Barovia. And then uh, uh, Baron, not Baron, Bishop Sarhane. Uh, you do a voice for Bishop Sarhane. She's not a character that you've played, but the voice. So you want to explain about that? Uh, so my, my Valley Girl voice um, was a character that I almost played for a um, Starfinder campaign uh, named Grick. Uh, she's the worst. <laughs> she's stupidly smart, um, can can work with contracts, uh, but she's just as dumb as a bag of bricks, which I really wanted to bring over into Sarhane's characterization in that she's smarter than she seems, kind of like a like an L Woods from Legally Blonde. Yes, I, I can see that. It had, yeah. it had those feels to it, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Silas. Oh, Silas. Uh, Silas is based on nothing. Uh, no, uh, Silas is based on uh, Casey Kasem uh, from the radio or the voice of Shaggy. I just was brought to my attention yesterday. That's not why I based him on him. Uh, but he had a uh, very, uh, very easy to do kind of voice. And he would talk about American Top 40. And so I took a little bit of that and added some high, uh, some higher tones to it or pitch or something. Higher. We're going to check Google like trends tomorrow and we're going to notice that Casey Kasem. Please, God, up. don't know. <laughs> it's just Google's reading me saying it so many times. <laughs> we're going to release the episode where I just say Casey Kasem 300 times over and over. Um but uh, I, I've not played him, and I based him on that, and then I wanted to work in some other details with him, and he's he's coming together as the story progresses. There's a lot about him that is known for us, but he is solidly coming together as the story progresses. And I think that that is the best way to do that, like Aloofy's coming together as the story progresses, because they're reacting in real time to what's going on. 
So I think that having static characters works. Yeah. Right, static is a little, yeah. Um, so then I also do, uh, I did Xander, Xander Jones, Jones that is based of. on, uh, yeah, Alexander, what is his name? Alex Jones. Alex Jones, thank God. Uh, Kevin, tell us a little uh, bit about Kevin. Kevin. Uh, Kevin Capona is my absolute favorite character. Which is why he pushes him uh, so I'm going to get a big old tattoo on my back, full size, of Kevin playing his little loot in his capybara costume. It's going to be an NSFW. Yeah, absolutely. That, know, it's the just, way, that's the way I would go with that. bits uh, everywhere. <laughs> so Kevin started out in a Pathfinder game that we were running. We were doing a Karamaga set campaign. And Kevin Capona was the most likable and sweetest guy in the world. And all he wanted to do was make everyone around him happy no matter the circumstances. So I would highly recommend if you guys aren't familiar with the Galarian campaign setting, if you're not familiar with Kermaga as a city, look at it. It's such a beautiful city. It's such a cool city. There's... 11 different districts each one is entirely different like a city in and of itself and that played a lot into kevin's characterization yes, uh, and you know what at some point in time if people want to hear more about kevin and those details i would love to tell everyone about the original kevin because this one is significantly different um but a lot of the him wanting to be the hero by helping other people stayed with him and i fell in love with this ridiculous goofy character the biscuit story happened in the very first episode that we played in that game, like the very first Pathfinder game that I had played with Kevin, and he was given a horse, and it died within three minutes of him having it, but it was his best friend in the world, and so I was like, I love Kevin. He's just, he's such a fun character, and I really enjoyed that. I play Kevin in a Saturday game I'm in. Uh, shout out to David Keener. That's my DM. He is fantastic. We may have him on at some point in time. We've been trying to figure out a good place to put him in. And then I have Ben, who's also in that game as well. He, and, of course, I've mentioned him before. And then two others that I play with, and they are fantastic. I just can't get to play it nearly enough. Uh, and so Kevin. I love Kevin. Uh, and then who else? Who else? Uh, oh, um, I do have a character that was alluded to uh, that I played, uh, oh, Roy G. Biv. In the Wild Night episode. <laughs> in the Wild Night episode. Uh, he, you played Roy G. Biv in my Curse of Strahd game. Uh, Roy G. Biv is an elven children's entertainer. He traveled from city to city uh, and was a children's entertainer similar to, uh, like... Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, uh, the death to smoochie type character, uh, if you've seen that. Um, but he was fantastic and exactly what I wanted for Curse of Strahd because he was all about protecting children and trying to help. And I they, ran them through Death House. We ran through Death House. And then I had the hag with the dream pasties outside when they finished Death House. And, of course, he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh what, a, what a nice old lady. I'm this going to go. Delightful cuisine. I'm so excited to try something new. And, <laughs> and, of course, he eats a dream pasty. Uh, my favorite part of that campaign was uh, the kid. The kids were like, no, uh, mom had a, a new baby, and it's a demon. And Roy, no, 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 there's a monster in the a basement. Monster, and, and then Roy went, well, what, what the demon most likely is, is it's the fact that they have a new child in the house. It's a little bit of resentment. I've dealt with this before. And then they get into the basement, and it's an actual, no, oh, my God, no. <laughs> 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 he, he, he 
was a real, real fun character, and I, I keep... Uh, he will never be on... The, I don't think we'd ever bring him on, no. but I will continue to allude to him in different areas. Uh, let's answer some other questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's stop talking about characters. God, please. Um, Let's see here. Let's finish off with uh, Logan's last oh, two Logan. questions. Um, his uh, One of his questions is, what's our favorite reason for the morning? Let's keep this one a little short. Okay. Uh, I, favorite reason for the morning? You want to go? Prestidigitation cast at a tenth level. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is anything that blames Health Kenneth. I, I believe that they are directly behind it. And I cannot... For the life of me, see it being anything else. Just it's always Kenneth. Kenneth. Kenneth is behind it. All right. You uh, said brief. I wanted to be brief. Yeah. No. Brief. Perfect. Uh, also, what is our favorite thing in exploring Eberron? See, it's funny because yesterday it would have been the Moreholds and how we were reading about the different dwarves. Today we have different things that we're because we're progressing through the book. Uh, would you like to start? All of it. <laughs> um, particular shout out to. Um, uh, is it oh Jared? no! Is it Jared? It's Jared. It's Jared. Jared, 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 Jared is his name. Yep. Uh, to Jared and Don uh oh, for she's bring, the, she's bringing up the Discord. Yeah, I'm bringing up the Discord. I'm making sure that I, I I'm using the correct names. Um, for for the the Goblin glossary, because uh, because. I really want to write a a Dakani lullaby now. Yeah, that, that was um, the Moreholds are beautiful. I really enjoyed that. I'm oh, reading it's about. Nice to see Sabros marks there. Mm. 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 Uh, I am reading. I, I just moved into the section about uh, the Sawagan and all of that. It's all really interesting because uh, I had I have a homebrew campaign um, where one of the the world or one of the cities one of the ma- major cities um, is on the backs of several giant um, dragon turtles and um, there's a bunch of sea elves and merfolk that live there. Um, but the largest of them that has a cathedral on its back uh, was attacked and killed by an abolith uh, that's now mind-controlling most of them. Whenever the uh, dragon turtles come down to the bottom, um, they're all mind-controlled by the abolith. And as the sea turtles um, move back up to the top, all except for the now-dead one, which everybody's like, oh, no, it's still alive. And to, to find out about... Um, uh, the the Carlosa is like it's cool because like there's 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 like I'm on the same page as you Keith, Keith. <laughs> not re- not really but. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite part of EXE I I've been slowly reading through what I've done through the Moreholds. Uh, we, we went to the Moreholds specifically because there's an episode coming up where we're going to focus in a little more on Dwarven culture, and we want to touch on those, and so I was like, oh, I need that immediately. And then, of course, Sybaris Mark, just to see how it works in 5e. Uh, but the thing that I absolutely love most, absolutely love most, and I'm going to call it out here, page, I think it's page two, the, the new planes map. 
Oh my god. If you haven't purchased so, it to print it out, so nice. Do it. It's beautiful. I haven't printed mine out yet, but oh if my god. You know what? If we get the opportunity, if we gotta keep up one of these darn blankets, we'll just put up <laughs> we'll print out one of those blankets and put it on. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um ba, 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 ba. let's do a question from Steve. Hi Steve. Um, Steve, no, Steve our, again, our very first patron, the man went from liking us and uh, becoming a patron in like three days. I, he was like, hey, what's this thing that you're talking about? And I was like, it's Chronicle of Echoes. You'll love it. And he's like, oh, it's pretty fun. I enjoy that. And then immediately became a patron. I was like, oh, man. Don't I, do this. Don't, don't. We love you, Steve. You're, you're, you've given us so much hope. Uh, he wants to know what our plans for the podcast are. Where do we see it going? I'm pretty sure that Cody asked a similar question as well. Uh, so uh, where do I see the podcast going? Uh, in, 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 in a furnace? In a fire? Trash heap? Up in flames? Uh, we, we've, we've managed to I make want... it through this episode. Uh, I don't know. We started we, with the racism. I feel like that's immediately going to just, <laughs> that's the end of this episode and the podcast. I want um, <laughs> to expand significantly. I want, a lot of people suggested like weather segments. I'd love to do a weather segment with a member of House uh, Lyrander, uh, Lyrandar. Um, I, I want to see us um doing like quote unquote remote um broadcastings from other parts of Corvair. Uh the way the technology works right now, it can only work in Sharn because of the manifest zone there. But I'd like to see us expand out from that. Um I'm currently working on um a document for the DMs Guild that people can uh use in their own Eberron games bringing the uh, Singer and Echo Echoer device into your Eberron games, plot hooks that you might have. Um, a map of the map station of the itself. Station. We've talked about that. Yes. Um, as well as a bunch of, you know, other fun stuff. Uh, I already have a few artists in mind for, for some of the things, and um, I just have to figure out how to write it because I've never done anything <laughs> like that before. <laughs> um. There was something you just mentioned, and I was like, "Oh, let me let me chime in on that note." The Lirandar. Oh, uh, the weather. Mm-hmm. So we initially, when we were talking about doing this, we knew we wanted remote broadcastings. I wanted one from Droam, from a cart on the way to Droam, and just the anxiety and the anticipation of all of that, or from the deck of an airship we talked about as well, and getting those Luffy, unique... Luffy, 10 out of 10, yeah. super afraid of heights. Super afraid of heights, even though she lives in the city of Towers. Um, it's different. It's, di- it's, it's different. totally different. Yeah. You know she's got at least three Featherfall <laughs> tokens on her at any given time. But we really, really wanted to touch on all of that. And we ended up deciding the first thing we were going to push, because of me, because I couldn't wait, uh, is, is Kevin Capona's Tiny Taverns. Uh, I immediately started messaging people like, Hey, you want to be on? Hey, you want to be our musical guy? Uh, because... 
Uh, I, I like Kevin, and I really want him to have a bigger role in all of this, and uh, he is not loved. <laughs> Kevin is not loved. As of this time, we have not yet uh, recorded it or, um, or uh, made a date for it, but the wonderful, wonderful people um, with the Bardic Mystery Tour podcast, they're currently on their fourth season, um, we also have Bombarded, the the wonderful podcast uh, group, the, the band Chaos Sauce will be coming in with Kevin. I'm really excited about that. Yes. Uh, so they both will be, um, we just have to send questions and do the actual recordings with them. Um, but really excited about that. We also have a gentleman who uh, has agreed to do a Droam rap for us. Uh, I haven't actually asked him yet. Oh, I thought we did. Mm- Kind of in passing. I think we kind of in passing. I think that's, yeah. that's a lot of the things. Like, yeah. like, like we have Christian Serrano in the works. Eventually, Eventually if he agrees to what I haven't messaged him. <laughs> he and said, like, yeah, of course, I'd like to be like, on yeah, it. I'd like to be on it. Hey, Christian, <laughs> would you like to actually be so? And, and here's the thing with that one. I'm, I'm going to message him, and I'm going to be like, hey, so what kind of episode do you want it to be? What kind of character do you want to be? Whereas with other, in, in our in our mind's eye, we do have a handful of characters we have in mind for for uh, famous Perfect. actors or famous people. Um, the the the, the Roy's I would love to have the McElroys on to do my goblin, my goblin and me. It is a joke that we have been doing since before episode <laughs> one. This ridiculous idea that there is a goblin podcast in Sharn uh, with a Go- hobgoblin, goblin. a regular uh, a goblin, a hobgoblin, and then and a, a bugbear. Bear. Yes, and I really want them to come on. But uh, again, that's that's logistics and actually getting people. Actually messaging the McElroys and being like, hey, do you remember me from that one thing? Would you help us? Would you do this thing? (laughs) Would you you be part of ridiculousness for us? Uh, Yeah, it's it's weird uh, because there are times when we're asking people like, oh, hey, would you come on our podcast? And, you know, they're people we know or that we've met. And then other people are like so intimidated. Uh, Let's see here. Um... Uh, another thing I have in the works is an audio drama. Um, it would be like maybe a once a month thing, kind of like a, an hour long, maybe only half an hour long. I'm not sure um, of like the the um, forming of the kingdom of Galifar with uh, Galifar's children, um, the prince and princess governors, uh, the last two years before the kingdom of Galifar is, is united. And that's an interesting time because I'm realizing how much work is going to have to go into it because it's going to have to be fully scripted. And then sound and creating soundscapes and all of that, all while staying as royalty-free as possible, (laughs) Uh, not having to pay for all of that. (laughs) Uh, Another thing that I was working on uh, and will eventually be on the DMs Guild if I ever get there I will never get there, but I'm going to pretend anyway, uh, is if you've not played it, I recommend the module of uh, Murder on the Eberron Express. It is absolutely wonderful. It is a super fun time, and it is a murder of a gentleman on the Eberron Express, and you play as eight people trying to figure out who done it, and it is super fun. And I really like the idea of that, but I wanted a little more versatility, and I wanted a little more 
uh, in depth with it because we run stuff at conventions and at tables and things like that uh, for charity, and we wanted to have a little more fun with it. And so I devised uh, something that I'm calling uh, Everybody Kill Kevin, and it is everyone trying to kill Kevin Capona. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. It's... So someone has murdered Kevin Capona, and everyone has legitimate reason to do so because he's the worst. <laughs> um, we are very excited about that one. Uh, you you are not very. I'm very I'm... excited about that. <laughs> Rebecca's not. She'll care. He'll message me at like 3 a.m. Hey, have you thought about this? <laughs> Um, so, hey, so what if it took place on an airship instead? Or what if he had a mansion out in the middle of nowhere and you could get rid of the body that way? It's like, it's all, it's all ridiculous things. But I've had some people uh, who, who've worked on that with me uh, come up with some really fun ways to kill people in a fantasy setting. And it has been super fun to see just the level of like, oh my God. Uh, so a few questions from Cody. Uh, what aspects of Eberron do we personally enjoy highlighting in our games and why? For example, dragon-marked houses, noir, the last war, warforged, etc. So Stephen only runs modules. I, Stephen only, I'm going to call him out, he only runs pre-built uh, modules. Um, in the, <laughs> the online campaign that he's running for us right now this is the first time i think he's ever not done like it's modules it's modules but it's not an adventure path that's true uh so currently our the game that we are in go ahead and explain it's oceans 11 uh my character uh her name is cat mila uh de but she goes by uh cat via um Sornanth, yep. um, she, so she's constantly undercover. She's a silver key, which is a 3.5 uh, prestige class. Essentially, she's like a master hacker of wards and stuff. Um, and she's cobbled together a group, you know. Um, you son of a biatch, I'm in type of deal. Yeah. Um, and it's just supposed to be like heist after heist or her proving herself to Kundarak that she can, you know, break their wards and that they need to make them better or, you know, thing, things of that nature. Um, I forwarded two great ideas. There's a treasure map on the back of the Treaty of Thronehold, which was immediately vetoed um, because I guess we can't do that. No. It's, it's no. not that no. young of a document mm-hmm. or that old of a document. And the second one is uh, hitting up the vaults in Metro, uh, the Kundrak vaults in Metro. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> as Rebecca has said, and, and I think we'll probably end up doing the vaults in Metro because I think that's a nice logical conclusion of everything. Uh, but I I've try and do modules as much as I can because it takes a lot less work and you can make them fit and you can tell a story using modules. This one, I'm doing the salvage, was it salvage job? Salvage mission from uh, Saltmarsh is uh, the one that we did where we're on the ship. We receive a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but so I, I cobbled together different pieces and I've swapped out the NPCs who are in those with other NPCs to make it fit cohesively into a story that I'm trying to tell. It'll take them through uh, a bunch of different modules that are available and just be a nice fit. And I I like that a lot more than trying to go off the top of my head. I've done off the top of my head DMing a couple of times before and that's just not for me. I like 
I like clear cut, quick and easy things. And if I don't know the answer, I tense up. Uh, so Eberron for me is a nightmare because there's a lot of answers that are never out there. But it's such a good setting that I that you just have to love it. You have to absolutely love it. Um, what I do guess, I? I guess this also runs into Cody's second question, which is a brief summary of the Eberron campaigns we've been a part of, and specifically uh, describe and specifically describe the narrative arcs involved. Who were the villains? Okay. Um, well, so so real quick, back to the things I like highlighting. I love ha- highlighting the Dragomark houses. I think that they are so, so cool. And it, it is mind-boggling to me that they aren't more present in everything. Like, how, how is it that the Magic the Gathering guilds get that much love from the Ravnica block? And you have buttons and things like that. Why are they not existent for the Dragonmark houses? The Dragonmark houses are literally the coolest. I would want, oh my god, I'd want a whole bunch of merch. I would go House Galanda all the way. <laughs> um, but in the Eberron campaigns that I have done, uh, I've done a lot of people who've run them, and they've done the modules as well. So a lot of the villains have been, like, you know, the, the, the ones that you would expect. Aranus Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the uh, Emerald Claw, the, the... Someone took... Someone took... The Age of Worms path in Paizo, and they put it in Eberron, and we ran through that one. So Crisis, Crisis was the the bad guy in that one. It was an interesting time. Um, the overarching themes, I don't, I don't have a lot. The problem is that I don't get to play a lot of Eberron, and then the Eberron that I run uh, is is mainly. Steve's Eberron is the only Eberron I've done. Uh, I can tell you the overarching themes and stuff of my characters. Uh, I've had three characters. Um, the first is um, Ari Zura Karch, who um, I used a lot of... Uh, I, I wasn't too familiar with 5th uh, edition, but essentially she's from the Reaches. She's the a Reacher. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not too familiar with 3.5. Um, uh, but she's a reacher. She, um, uh, her, she's a, she's a half elf, but her father's, uh, an orc. Her mother's a human, um, because her, uh, her mom had a, a bit of a tryst with, we're not sure if he's an elf or a half elf. Um, and, uh, her father was just like, you know what? I'm okay with this. It was wartime. It happens. Um, and she was essentially kind of sold off to a fae, an arch fae who was not reciprocative of, of, of what she thought. She was like thinking of all of these fairy tales and he's like, yeah, honey, I'm super gay. Um, here's, here's some boons. Here's some power. Go find me the best wine on all of Eberron. And so I have a little leather bound journal and whenever they go to a tavern, um, I, I force Steve to describe to me like all of their alcohols (laughs) and she just gets super wasted, just like testing all of these drinks and writing them down and purchasing them. Um, my second character was Ulrich, who is, um, a Talenta halfling. Uh, his partner is Gerald. Um, he is a beautiful, wonderful, angry, little halfling. angry, angry little halfling. Um, he wants to be a mask weaver. He was 
in training to be a mask weaver. And um, his whole tribe was destroyed by, by a rival tribe. And uh, he developed a mark of healing. Um, and it was this, this whole thing for him. And so now he's trying to rebuild his tribe and find purpose again. And he's entirely illiterate, and he hates whenever anybody tries to teach him how to read. Uh, he, he gets violently angry. And finally, the Catvia character. Uh, I was going to say, I've, I've run so many characters in everyone. Um, uh, I will, like, I, my, my first character was Stoban Galanda. Uh, he was of House Galanda, and... He his father had an affair with a tavern wench, and he was born of that. Him and his brother, and uh, his dad only cared about his brother's exploits and was always excited about how good his brother was doing. So Stobin was a rogue, and his brother was a paladin, and like they were gifted swords. They were gifted great swords. The paladin could easily use. Stobin could not. Uh, they were gifted chainmail. <laughs> Paladin could use, Stobin could not. And it, it started out as a character to help me deal with a lot of, like, my internal issues about, you know, my parents and all of that. And it became so much more, and I absolutely love him. I'm sure he'll make an appearance at some point in time on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he, he runs a shop currently in Sharn. What other questions? I feel like we talked about so much more yesterday. I know, but also not nearly as much. Uh, one of the things we talked about yesterday was uh, where we got the idea. Oh, yes, yes. What gave us the idea to start the Echoers? No, this is a you question, man. You, uh, Steven is the entirely the brains behind this operation. Uh, so we touched a little bit on it yesterday, and I'm just going to do a quick run through. Uh, we do a lot of charity work. We do a lot of raising of money for the Extra Life, which is the gamers charity that raises money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. If you were going to give, please pick your charity. If you don't have a charity in mind, please use ours. Uh, Extra Life, yeah, Extra Life is really cool. It stays local, so, like, um, I have met people, like, my dentist, uh, their baby was in uh, our local Children's Miracle Network, or our local Children's Hospital, and um, Extra Life was able to raise enough money um, a few years ago to get, like, cameras in the bassinets for... For the NICU. For the NICU, yeah, um... Uh, and so he got to see his baby every single day, even though it's a 45 minute drive from where he lives. Um, and so it stays local, which is the best part. So we do a ton of charity work for that. We, we, uh, have done the 24 hour gaming and I'm so disappointed we're not going to get it or 25 hour gaming. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get to do that this year. There's a bunch of, uh, issues, unfortunately, because of everything going on. Uh, and we... Sometime in January, we're part of a thing where we wanted to do uh, a new idea that we had been working on called Conquest, which is where we go to conventions and we give out quest lines from the booth there and we draw people in and give people something to do during conventions because I don't know if you've been to a convention, there's a lot of downtime. There's, you know, 30 minutes here, 20 minutes here, mm -hmm. you're waiting on something 
And it, it's nice to have something to do during that time yeah, rather than... You've walked through the expo hall 15 times already. You've got 45 minutes until your next panel or event. What are you going to do? And suddenly there's two weirdos with World of Warcraft explanation, explanation marks. Exclamation. Thank you. Exclamation marks over their heads um, saying, Hail, traveler. <laughs> Help! I need a hero! Just one moment, hero. <laughs> and, like, we wore our voices and bodies out doing oh that my goodness, three days did. straight for 12 hours each day. <laughs> we had to defeat the evil Sudraken. Uh. <laughs> people loved it, though. We we had people going throughout the expo hall. We we partnered with a bunch of the the um, other vendors to, to get people to go to their... Uh, you know, their areas. So we would like, hey, go to the blacksmith and the blacksmith would be a specific vendor in the vendor hall. So that way we could draw them over. In fact, we actually had a blacksmith at one point in time, which was And amazing. he was so cool. Um, but we, we wanted to do that and it did not pan out. And with everything that was going on this year, conventions were not going to happen. And so we, I wanted, I wanted to do something that, that, I wanted to do something, literally anything, because I felt like I had a lot of creativity and I I wanted to do something. I wasn't going to be able to get enough Eberron in. I wasn't going to be able to get enough role-playing in. And I approached Rebecca and I said, hey, I got a ridiculous idea. What if Kevin Capona was in Eberron and he had his own radio show? (laughs) Now, he says approached, but it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I work overnights. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I was about to go to bed. He's at work and he texts me, Rebecca, I've got a crazy idea. I'm like, oh, no. And that's where this whole thing started. Um, it has definitely developed from there. It has. And I, I, I credit Rebecca so much because... If she had said no in that moment in time, we wouldn't be doing this because I don't have enough confidence in myself to keep going. Uh, (laughs) There were many a tearful moment um, where uh, we would start recording or something like that and we'd see people, you know, we'd, we'd see the downloads, we'd see people watching, people commenting, and it would just be one of those... Thank you for believing in me. Yeah. Like, you said that to me one day, and I was just like, well, yeah, you big dummy. <laughs> well, I, I think that, like, especially with this, that this isn't it, – It's it, this is dumb. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> and you help support that and make this okay. Like, can I edit? No, not at all. I'm not going to be the editing guy. I am so unfocused and all over the place constantly. He sees how stressed out I get about editing. And then, like, every single week he'll be like, you know, we could just pay somebody to edit. And I'm like, no, I'm not paying someone to edit this. At the like, like if down the road somehow we're making a bunch of money off of this, maybe. But I, I don't see that ever happening. And that's okay. <laughs> so it's been it's been a, a wild ride, but I, I wanted to put that radio in, and I was like, "Well, what if we augmented House Civis? What if we took and said, what is the next logical progression for them? They are post-war. 
they are coming out of something where they need to now put themselves ahead. Yes, they had a lot of messages going back and forth, and they're going to continue to have a lot of messages going back and forth. But what is something they would have pursued during the last war? Radio. That is absolutely something that would have been key and integral of the ability to send messages as quickly as possible to as many people as possible. So what if they didn't get it in time? What if they got it after? Uh, That is some... Slight spoilers for one of the modules. Um, We had originally planned on uh, the Echoers coming out of uh, a possible terrorist attack on an Ondarian embassy in In Zalargal. That is, uh, so yes, in a module uh, in Whispers of the Vampire Blade, that is something that happens and... We were going to have that be where the Echo Wars started. It was in Zill initially and was a way for them to mass communicate, but everything fell apart because they found out from that incident that, you know, the embassy had been attacked by a Dark Lantern vampire who was there to speak with a, a Darien Eyes <laughs> spy in the middle of a Zill uh, Zill. In the middle of Zill, in in the middle of an Undarian embassy. And I was like, there's just, there's too much there. uh, All of that feels wrong and (laughs) fake. And that's also where Xander Jones came from, is the idea of him decrying all of these ridiculous things and getting to say things like that. That's a lot all at once. But it, it, you know. Um, And so that was going to be the original. It was going to come from there. And then we worked on it a bit and workshopped things. And then... Yeah. uh, We decided that we were going to move it back. So canon start date is 998YK, um, particularly the fall of that year. Um, We are in the fall, now winter, of 997. Um, that's because we wanted to give a little more buffer time for certain events to happen. We wanted things to happen when they happen in the Eberron novels, when they happen in modules. But literally everything happens in those, like, three months. Um, uh, somebody said you could literally toss a stone <laughs> in Sharn. Uh, the la- the last few months of 998 and you'd run into an adventure path. <laughs> um, <and laughs> it's not wrong. Uh, but we wanted to give give um, a little bit of a different timeline while keeping with that that feeling of everything's on the the blade of a knife. So uh, for, for people who've read the books or read the the, the novels or any of that, the, we are going to slowly work those in, but we, started early just so that way we would have more time to establish our stuff. Like, I didn't want to go in immediately and be like, oh, by the way, all of this is happening elsewhere. Uh, I, we wanted to be able to touch on Sharn and the things that matter there rather than jumping to Droam and jumping to all of the stuff from all the different novels. Uh, so we established our canon first. Yeah. I think that's all of the questions we have. Do you have any questions for the people who have gotten it? An hour and a half in. Uh, uh, do I have any questions for, yeah. for them? Yeah. Like In the comments. Okay, okay. Uh, here, here. Answer the comments. Why are you still here? <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing? It's it's just Reg. Uh, so for for the people who... Uh, sh- should I do it now? Yeah. Sh- should I do the Kevin? The, the... 
Oh yes, yes. Uh, so yes. so Cody, uh, this is for you, buddy, because you asked for it. You were like, "Hey, who who should be the one to say it?" Yeah, because yesterday when we recorded this, uh, Stephen said the f word. I did say the f word. I said that he can't say the f word. And then we discussed that I can say the f word one time because PG thirteen, and and so uh, we <laughs> asked our patron. Uh, a brand new patron, uh, who he thinks should say the F word. And he said, Kevin, <laughs> thank you so much for loving Kevin, Cody. <laughs> I don't need any other support. I've got Cody. Uh, <laughs> so um, that's, oh, my God. See, this is this is what happens. Yeah. I go through 30 or 40 voices before I get to where I'm supposed to. I have too many voices in my head. It's terrible. Kevin. Uh, so, Kevin, hang on. There we go. And we're getting there. And fuck. There you go. That's 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 ten quality. out of ten. Uh, we'll, we'll put we'll put that in an actual episode at some point in time. Uh, Kevin saying the word fuck. <laughs> um, so questions I have for anybody who has made it this far and uh, is still listening. Um, what's something you would like to see in the future? Be it a segment, be it uh, a news article, um, be it you know any anything like that. Of course, uh, do you ship? Um, Silas and a Luffy. Uh, do you ship Kevin and a Luffy? Um, <laughs> Kevin has no love for anyone but himself. No, Kevin's the best. Uh, <laughs> Give me your ships. I need them. <laughs> yes, Rebecca is very big on ships. Um, and then I had another question I wanted to ask you guys uh, earlier. What is your favorite part of exploring Eberron? What's your favorite part of the podcast? Who's your favorite person? I, 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 I tell us anything. Tell, tell us how your day's going. If you want to talk, honestly, you can message us anywhere and we will talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. We're we're just those kind of people. We are super accessible. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> if you, <laughs> we are we are real available. <laughs> Except for when we're not. Um <laughs> But no, is there anything you guys are, are are looking forward to that we spoke about? Man, I had a really good question I wanted to ask you guys, and I don't remember what it, I need to start writing these things down. Oh, what is the story that you guys will, uh, storyline that you would like to see worked in? We've worked in little bits and pieces of things. There's been mention of Victor Domain, who ties into the Chimes at Midnight. Uh, we've talked a little bit about. Uh, Roy G. Biv, ridiculously. Uh, we've mentioned Bar- Baron Arsanis. There's a lot of things that we have mentioned in passing. Uh, well, what do you guys want to hear about? No, I was trying to buy you time. No, I was just I trying to buy you as much time as you I could. I don't remember what it was. Uh, well, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank to you, everyone. This... It's just that one guy. <laughs> thank you, every singular, uh, for listening to this stupidly long podcast episode of Stephen and I just rambling at each other. Uh, if you have any other questions you want to ask us, bam, send them. We'll do another OOC eventually where we'll go into more depth about like our process. Um, we were originally planning this for our, our actual, like like our 11th episode, our after 10th episode. Yeah, after we hit the five nations. Oh my goodness. But uh, that didn't happen because we still we, have... We moved, and we still haven't finished all five of the nations because we still have to do Carnath and On Dare. Um, but hey, thank you all for listening. Genuinely, um, every time I see 
you know, our numbers go up. Every, anytime I see somebody subscribe or comment or somebody tags me in Discord saying something or messages our our Twitter, it fills my heart with a bunch of joy. I've I've definitely cried over several comments uh, because they've hit they've hit so so yeah. right in the heart. Yeah. Anyway. Um, as Luffy would say, keep listening out for those echoes of hope.